Hello and welcome back to this episode of Things I Like to Listen To. In this episode, we will wrap up the Fantastic Four uh, Marvel radio series, and then next week, who knows, we'll move on to something newer, better, <laughs> more fun. And since I got a nasty flu, as you can probably tell by my voice, I'm not going to ramble on. So enjoy the show. Attention, all true believers! Marvel Comics is on the air. Out of the pages of the world's greatest comic magazine come the adventures of the Fantastic Four. This week, our superheroes travel more than 200,000 miles from Earth in an attempt to preserve the political integrity of the Moon as the Fantastic Four face the menace of the Red Ghost. Also, later in this spellbinding tale, we'll meet the most dramatic being of all time, the mysterious Watcher. Stan and the fantastic cast will be with us in just half a moment. Thank you. Our trip to the moon began many years ago when man first longed to touch the lunar surface. For the Fantastic Four, it's really just about to start. It's twilight now in New York. At the Baxter Building headquarters of the world's greatest superheroes, all is quiet until... That came from Reed's lab. I'll meet you there. Flame on! You big show-off. Boy, look at this lab. Hey, Reed. Where are you? What a mess. Looks like a bomb went off here. And no sign of Reed. You stay back. I'll clear some of this away. Hey, Reed. Where are you, guy? Now stop trying to worry us, huh? You blasted rubber bear. Come on, speak up. Maybe I can spot him by flying over the debris. Reed! Hey, Reed, where are you? I'm okay, little buddy. Here. Good extinguisher plane. Huh? What? There you go. Out of danger now. What are you trying to do? Blow up the joint? No, old friend. I was experimenting with a new type of energy for rocket propulsion. It was just more powerful than I had thought. Oh, Reed. I was afraid we were under some kind of attack. I was hoping I was going to get another crack at Dr. Doom. Look, the floor, it's still glowing. Yeah, you're liable to get a hot foot. Oh, quit clowning, Ben. I believe I've found a new booster fuel. What's it made out of, Reed? It's composed of substances found in meteorite craters. You see, many years ago, a meteorite fell in Siberia, flattening a hundred square miles of forest. I suspect that the Russians have developed their powerful rocket thrust by using energy from that source. I've been extensively studying some meteorites that have fallen in our country. And then, last week... I was right. There is limitless energy contained within these rocks from outer space. And now I've found a way to harness that energy. All I need to do is expose this meteorite bar to the correct amount of radiation, and it will furnish the power necessary to send a huge rocket to the moon. Oh, Reed, with all the excitement, I almost forgot to give you this message that came in over the teletype just before the explosion. Well, this is interesting. What is it, Chief? Yeah, let us in on it. It's from General Thunderbolt Ross. The guy from the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Yes, the chap that got us back working on Dr. Doom. He says that the CIA has confirmed some earlier information regarding Igor Kragoff. What information? Who's Igor Kragoff? I first heard about him three weeks ago when General Ross told me... His name is Igor Kragoff and he's developed a new energy source that will permit him to travel to and from the moon with almost no fuel costs. We're told that he intends to lay claim to the moon and take command over the Earth from there. We know that he's completely crazy and that most of this 
this information is probably incorrect, but it does come from reliable sources. And now this wire confirms that information. Igor Kragoff does exist and is apparently headed for the moon. So by the end of the week, as soon as I have finished converting our rocket, I'll be on this area here, the mysterious Sea of Sighs. Wait just a cotton-picking minute here. What do you mean you'll be there? This ain't no solo deal. Oh, Ben, not a chance. It's too dangerous. I couldn't possibly let you risk your lives. But, Reed, you'll need us. Trouble is, we've let you boss us around too much. Ben, cut it out. You don't know what you're saying. Don't kill him, you big lunk. No, I'll just rough him up a little. Put some sense into his stretched out little mind. And let go. Okay, Ben, okay, you're dead right. We are a team, and we all have our own special talents. We'll all be needed. And at that same moment, on the other side of the globe, another strange experiment is in progress. That's right. When you see the red light flashing, you turn the escape wheel. You have learned your response as well. Only a genius such as Igor Kragov could have trained you, a gorilla, to operate certain functions of our spacecraft. Ah, another test in your education. That's right. Put on your magnetic shoes. Well done, my monstrous slave. And here is your reward. A nice banana. Behave yourself while I go play with your other schoolmates. Stay back, you. Not good yet. It's important that you stay vicious. And finally you, the most brainless beast of all. But then, you don't need brains for your work. Here is your reward. You are the only orangutan in the world that can actually use tools and repair machines at my command. Ah, at last my crew of apes is ready. And now we shall go to the moon and claim it for my own to start my empire. And as fate would have it... At the exact moment, in two different hemispheres, a similar launching is about to take place. Is everybody strapped in? Get settled, everyone. Remember the high gravitational pull just after blastoff. Fifteen seconds and counting. The weather station at Cape Cod says there are some high winds about 20,000 feet up. Now then, everyone safely strapped and comfy? Comrade Gorilla, watch for the green flashing light, and then you'll know to switch the firing mechanism to activate. Four... Three, two, one, blast off. The flashing green light. The great moment is at hand. But Igor Kragov's present mission is more than just reaching the moon. Kragov has studied the history of the Fantastic Four. If the Fantastic Four were able to get their powers by being bombarded by the cosmic rays, then my ex and I shall have greater powers still. In our transparent plastic nose cone, we shall have no shielding from the cosmic rays. Whatever dosage the Fantastic Four received, ours shall be even greater. I, Kragov, shall be lord of the solar system. Now it begins. I can feel the rays passing through me. And even the apes, they can feel the change. Meanwhile, in their own ship, the Fantastic Four are safely guarded from the mysterious rays. This new guidance system is much smoother, Doc. If there's anything you'd like me to... I can see another craft on the scope. Looks like it's headed on the same course as us. Could I be seeing it out this port here, Johnny? Sure could, sis. Where, Sue? Just over there. It must be Kragoff. Good. This will give me a chance to test that new atmospheric chamber you designed for me, Reed. You want to go out there? Sure. This job keeps an artificial atmosphere around me. It'll be a gasser. And a few minutes later... Holy smokes! Kragoff's ship is transparent. And it doesn't have any shielding from the cosmic rays. 
and there's no one aboard except that must be Kragoff and some apes. How could we pass through the cosmic rays? We shall see what miraculous powers we have. <laughs> Well, look exactly the same. But it's impossible. The rays must have affected us. They must have. The massive gorilla notices the human torch's fiery figure through the transparent hull of the ship. What is it? Why are you taking the way? Then, almost without effort, the lumbering anthropod seizes and lifts a five-ton generator. You have changed. You are a hundred times stronger than before. But stay back. Stay back. This gun will keep you at bay. But the, the gun's changing shape. It's the baboon. The baboon can change its shape. This is more than I had ever dreamed. There is someone out there. That must be what startled the gorilla before. This is somehow the orangutans emitting a magnetic field. The instruments are going crazy. The orangutan, by simply pointing at Johnny Storm, repels him in the same way that two similarly magnetized poles repel each other. Uh, what is your hope? Well, I've got to get back and warn the others. Kratos and his apes are more of a menace than we thought. You got back just in time, Johnny. The oxygen in that atmospheric chamber doesn't last forever. Some astronaut. You don't even know when to come in out of it. was so excited by what I saw. I didn't notice my air supply. But listen to this. Several hours later, the Fantastic Four's great craft is slowly descending to the moon's surface. You're right on target, Ben. That new meteorite energy pile works great. The ship's skin probes indicate an atmosphere on the surface. Well, that's impossible. I can see what looks like the ruins of an ancient city. So man isn't the first on the moon. And not far away, another alien craft is landing. With our new powers greater than the Fantastic Four, we shall rule the entire solar system. The air here is very pure, Reed. We won't need our mass. How is this atmosphere possible? With this lighter gravity, I can really fly. Flame on! This is going to be great! I wonder where that other guy, Kragoff, is. I'm going to scout around for him for a while. I never thought I'd actually be on the moon. Hey, Reed! Sis! There's some kind of ultra-modern house over here. Someone must be living in here. Come on, Sue. Let's have a look. This low gravity and your ability to stretch sure makes us move. Wow, the moon. Look at the earth up there. Get in these rocks, huh? Oh, look at that one go. What? That rock turned into a battle. And there's two more. They must be with the torch saw. Let go, Flesher. Take your hairy mitts off of me. And off my pants. Leave that grotesque thing to me. What? You have seen the reflection of our power. Now you will be defeated as never before. Prepare to meet the Red Ghost. Ghost most? Who do you think you're kidding? One quick shot ought to set you straight. Ah! Where'd you go? <laughs> now you know. I can make my body invisible like your sudden storm, but also intangible like a ghost. So what? With my mental powers, I can will any part of my body to become solid instantly. Solid enough to pick up this stone and... Put down your weapon. 
The Thing, the Red Ghost, and the three super apes stand in shocked amazement before the one who appears to have come from nowhere. Cease this useless conflict. The Watcher will not permit it. The three apes are captured in individual globules of shimmering synthomatter, and then the strange, rich voice is heard again. Hear my words, you of Earth. I come from a world so far from here that you do not even suspect its existence. My people roam the entire universe, watching, observing other worlds. But during our eons of watching, we have never once interfered. Never have we made our presence known. Until now. Now, I have broken our Watcher's silence of centuries to save you from your savagery. You think you can stop Kragos, Quest? Shut up, let him finish. Sooner or later, your nations may engage in a war which will devastate your entire planet. That is not of my concern. But you have brought this moon into the conflict. This moon is my home, and I will not tolerate warring peoples here. Instead, you and only you will fight it out, here and now. I have spoken. He's fading away. Well, Mac, if we're going to settle this, there's no time like now. Fool! You cannot even touch me. I shall defeat you all! But at just that instant, unaware of what has transpired over the short horizon, Mr. Fantastic, searching for Ben Grimm, stretches out and... I found him, Sue. I'll signal Johnny. Where's the dead there you are. We've been looking all over for you. We found this strange house that we want to show you. So, you found him, eh? Finding me ain't nothing. Wait till the Watcher finds you. The Watcher? What do you mean? I'll try to explain, but it ain't gonna be easy. Well, here's the place. You've met the man that made this house? This house is okay, but the Watcher himself can do anything. He wants us to duke it out with Kragoff and let the winner determine the future of the moon. Who is this Watcher? Look, that must be him inside. And slowly, the Watcher becomes visible to all the Fantastic Four. He stands in his great transparent chamber. The Watcher. With his vast powers, he's able to manipulate the very fabric of space and time. I shall bring both warring factions together in a vast, secluded combat area here upon the moon. As soon as the thought has passed through the Watcher's mind, the Fantastic Four find themselves swept upward in a floating, spinning whirlpool of sheer energy, bringing them to a wide chasm in the moon's sea of storms, the site for the most crucial battle of their career. What an amazing place! A civilization hundreds of years advanced from ours must have lived here hundreds of years ago. That ancient city you saw through the port as we were landing. Well, don't go souvenir hunting. The Watcher must have put Kragoff and his apes here, too. I hope so. If that guy wants a fight, I figure we're just the ones to give it to him. This is all wrong. We shouldn't battle Kragoff. Why can't we all explore space together as one brotherhood of Earthmen? Oh, it's real noble, Stretcho, but Kragoff ain't buying it. He thinks him and those apes can lick us and claim the moon for God knows what. Hold on, Rockman. Nobody is strong enough to defeat the Fantastic Four. That horrible man and those dreadful beasts probably watching us at this very minute. 
waiting to strike. Right you are, female. And the first to move shall be the first to experience my freeze gun. See? It covers its target with a gas which turns it to ice. Look out, Johnny. If it gets you, you'll... Oh, but you are sacrificed. And I seize the air. Oh, he's got so. Come on, Matchstick. We're always looking for action. A couple of fireballs ought to warm things up. But the torch meets his first setback when the super baboon becomes a sheet of thick asbestos smothering Johnny's flame. The thing rushes to Johnny's aid and the red ghost barks out in other order. A ton of fighting fury in the form of a maddened gorilla springs on the thing. We got some fight on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. The measure of a man is not how he fights a winning battle, but how bravely he faces hopeless odds. Just let me get in one haymaker! But before the thing can get within range... That's it, Comrade Gorilla. We've done it! Our exposure to the cosmic rays has made us even more powerful than the Fantastic Four! This solar system will be ours! This ape's magnetic-like power holds me so tight that I... I can't move. Bring her to this strangely powered car I found. Your eight playmates will be along soon, and we shall all be gone before the others can recover. Seconds later, using a vehicle designed by an unknown race, the Red Ghost, along with his super apes and Sue Storm, is speeding through an underground tunnel. While on the surface... Hey, what happened to you, Thing? I got mugged by a gorilla. Now skip the dumb questions and try thawing out Mr. Useless over there. And a few minutes later... Oh, that's better. Thanks, fellas. I would have died from exposure soon. Kragoff and his apes made off with Sue, right? What's our next move? Brother, there's another brilliant question. Well, they're at least as strong as we. When we find them again, we'll outthink them. If that means we gotta use our brains, then we better leave this squirt behind. Go suck on a rock, you big axe. There's no time for bickering, you two. We've got lots of work ahead of us. Here's my plan. And under the guidance of Mr. Fantastic, the Torch and the Thing create another vehicle, one capable of following their quarry into the dark subterranean labyrinth. At last, it is finished. Good work, fellows. It's crude, but it'll do the job. Are you kidding? How are we going to power this tin can? We've got a ready-made motor. Torch, jump inside the cylinder and proceed with our plan. Okay, Doc. What's the story here? You'll see. Flame on! You mean he's turned you into a human jet engine? Right on, pal. Reed's gonna follow on foot. Perhaps in all these scientific devices left by that ancient civilization, I can create a weapon that will defeat the Red Ghost. Meanwhile, less than a mile away, a mile almost straight down. So you see, Susan Storm, you cannot escape from this chamber. And this force field can keep my super apes from those packages of food. The hungrier they are, the more they seem to obey. Gloat for now, but when Reed, Johnny, and Ben find you, you're going to get yours. Find me? I want them to find me. In fact, it's time for me to go lure them here. This locked door will keep you a prisoner, but nothing stands in the way of the Red Ghost. I must find a way to terminate his force field and free the eight. There must be a control somewhere. It Wait, here it is. Have I broken the circuit? The apes will be free. Just yes, The apes are much too interested in the food to even notice me. At the same time, unaware of what has happened in his absence... 
There he is, Johnny. He just came out of the wall. They see. Gotcha. My plan is working perfectly. Now to go back through this wall. Before he will undoubtedly burn through this stone to death. And as soon as he appears, this ancient disintegrator ray will take care of them forever. Now I'll just aim it over there. Oblivious to the deadly danger awaiting him, the human torch melts through the rock, heading for the red ghost. Johnny, wait. Sis, you're safe. Yeah, but a deadly ray gun of some sort is aimed right in your path. It's not affecting you. I guess it doesn't affect anything below the visible light spectrum. Well, whatever it is, I'll make sure it doesn't menace anyone again. You blasted rat. You've escaped my trap, but I'll get you yet. It's Kragoff. There you are, Mr. Untouchable. Let's see if heating the molecules in the air itself can make it too warm for you. The escape is such a simple matter. Now I'll move my base of operations to the surface. There it is, the headquarters of the Watcher. What a fantastic explorers of scientific marvels it must be. The whole universe will be mine. There is no one to stop me, for a man who cannot be touched cannot be stopped. But as the red ghost looks around him, he finds the strange interior of the Watcher's domicile. Beyond human understanding, it's so advanced. I never dreamed of such wonders. Foolish Earthling. That voice. And with the voice, an enormous image appears before him. You have dared to disturb the privacy of the Watcher? In but a microsecond, I can transport you to a place in limbo where you will remain for all eternity. Or by expending the merest amount of energy, I could throw you a million years into the past or the future. But you helpless human, I shall merely brush you off my presence. As one would have pebbles from fleas. Be gone. There he is. Out of nowhere. Let him have it, Reed. Ah, 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 ah. Hey, that gives him a work straight. You stopped the red ghost dead in his tracks. This paralysis ray operates only on Kragoff's individual body structure. If we've beaten him, then we've won. Look, at the edge of that crater. It's him, again. The contest is over. You have triumphed. Now that mankind has reached the moon, I must go to a more distant part of the galaxy to observe you mortals. We watchers must be ever apart from other races. I shall be departing soon, and when others of your kind return here, they will find no atmosphere. This artificial environment will evaporate without my presence. Remember this. No matter how far you travel in this limitless universe, you will never be alone. And now, farewell. Space is your heritage. See that you prove worthy of such a glorious gift. As the awesome figure of the Watcher dissolves, our heroes prepare for the long journey home. Red River hoses, naked grapes. Well, I'll be glad to get French back home, Reed. Yes, that national space agency will be interested in this meteorite energy source. And I'm sure that when you speak to the U.N., we'll see to it that the moon isn't dominated by one nation. We're just about ready over here. The countdown is eight, seven, six, five, four, three, 
Hey, Bloop, have you heard about this new text-based RPG online? I have. I believe I know which one you're talking about. It's called Cyber Assault, and it's available at cyberassault.org. Is that the one you're talking about, Leap? Yes, it's really, really cool, and I like it a lot because it's a game that's set in the future where nuclear apocalypse is happening. How exciting, a nuclear apocalypse. We've seen a lot of nuclear apocalypses in our time. However, this text-based RPG is the most accurate game of all time. Very cool. Yes, and it has a cool character class that you can actually choose from, including Borg, Stalker, Caller, Crazy, and Mercenary. I really like the Borg. Reminds me of my robotic mother. Very cool. Very, very cool video game. One more time, Bleep. What's the website? www.cyberassault.org. Check it out. It's free, so do it. You do anything for free these days? Goodbye. Attention, all true believers. Marvel Comics is on the air. Straight from the pages of the world's greatest comic magazine come the adventures of the Fantastic Four. This week, we'll see the first rematch with a villain from the past, the fearless foursome face, Prince Namor, the Submariner. At last, we meet again. This time, it is on my terms. The Undersea Monarch versus Comicdom's greatest superheroes, and Stan will begin our epic in just half a moment. <laughs> Having last week defeated the Red Ghost on the moon, the Fantastic Four are nearly home and headed for more adventures. We've just received radio clearance from the field. I better take over the controls now. It's almost time to land this crate. Okay, partner, but this bird practically flies herself. I wonder if we'll get much of an ovation when we land. As the mighty moonship prepares to land, the excitement on the ground reaches a fevered pitch as all eyes scan the skies above until... There they are! I see them! Get those emergency vehicles over there. I'm the double. It's them all right. I, I see the number four on the tail. As the ship comes to a stop... Oh, there he is, Mr. Fantastic! Right, help. I can't hold these things back. Oh, I died for a walk of the Easy now, girls. Let's not lose our dignity. That boy. Oh, too much. I saw him first. No, he's mine. What a shot. Too fantastic. Meanwhile, as at every major event, there's someone cashing in on the action. And my fearless wrestler, the Golden Angel, challenges the thing to a fight and a finish. Did you get all that, boys? I'm all a crummy cornball. So you're the Golden Angel, are uh, yet? Well, I ain't fighting you. Because you're too tough for me. <laughs> and Sue Storm has her troubles. 
But you can't turn this down. A lifetime contract in Hollywood? Don't misbehave, Miss Storm. I'm prepared to offer you a fortune for endorsement of our new deodorant on TV. Oh, leave me alone. Hey, where did she go? Some people just ain't got no gratitude. But finally, they get away from the matting crowd and reach their famous Baxter Building headquarters in Midtown Manhattan. Within a few hours, things are back to normal. There, that ought to wrap up this report to NASA about our new rocket fuel. I'll ask Sue to type it up so we can send it off to Washington by special courier. Oh, there she is, working with my new experimental probing eye. Looks like she's searching the bottom of the sea. So there you are. I've been looking for you. Reed, you startled me. I'm sure I know why. You're still thinking about Submariner, aren't you, Sue? Well, I... No need to answer. Sometimes I wish you could find him so we could settle things between us once and for all. Anyway, here's that report for NASA. A few minutes later... Strange how no one is ever really master of his own fate. I've always thought I could accomplish almost anything with my scientific talents and my superflex body. The world knows me as Mr. Fantastic, and yet I'm unable to win my most cherished goal. I cannot conquer the heart of the woman I love. But, back in the screening room... I might as well recall the probing eye. The oceans are too vast, too deep, too endless. But Mariner could be anywhere. And at a signal from thousands of miles away, the probing device is lifted from the sea and heads back to New York City. This marvel, created by the scientific genius of Reed Richards, is to Sue Storm just a means to contact the monarch of the sea, a means which failed. And in a seedy sanitarium on the outskirts of town, a scene is taking place which will have far-reaching consequences for our fantastic cast of characters. There's no need for you to stay here any longer, sir. You're cured. Oh, I know that. I've been cured for months. I have already stayed here to let the world forget me. But you would not understand that. After leaving the rest home, the strange little man wanders into a city park and begins to whittle, muttering to himself. The foolish thought they killed me months ago, but how wrong they were. Now it is time for me to come out of hiding to plan a fitting revenge for the accursed Fantastic Four. I shall not risk my own neck, however. A scapegoat will do the job for me. But who? who? Some old enemy. Perhaps the Mole Man or the Hulk. No, the four beat them in the past and they might do it again. Doctor Doom once brought them to a standstill, but he's vanished from the earth. Wait, I have it. The ideal tool for my plans. The mighty submariner. He shall do the bidding of the puppet master. (laughs) Even as the puppet master makes his preparations, many fathoms beneath the sea which is his kingdom, the legendary submariner, still searching for some trace of his vanished people, finds a startling clue... At last, traces of an unofficial ship. Proof that my people have been here within the past decade. With every new discovery, I come closer to finding my race, the submariners. It is they I seek to claim my royal heritage. But suddenly, as though struck by some unseen hand, the mighty Prince Namor comes to a sudden stop. Some powerful occult force takes control of his body. Oh, what's happened? Like a man in a trance, he returns to his headquarters, looking neither right nor left. I have a mission to perform. I cannot disobey. 
The puppet master commands it. Upon reaching his private quarters, Submariner flings open heavy drapes and faces the strangest form of undersea life, the wondrous Mento fish, which can sense human thoughts and transmit them to any point on Earth through mental energy. Facing the awesome creature, the only fish of its type in the world, Namor thinks but one thought over and over. This is And following silent instructions whispered in her mind, Sue finds herself at a deserted pier on New York's Lower East Side. I'll stay invisible until I see whether or not it's a trap. No, it couldn't be a trick. It's him. I recognize him anywhere. Nemor, I've come as you asked. But why don't you speak? Say something. The sea monarch wordlessly moves aside to reveal a fluttering hypnofish behind him with its single hypnotic eye focused upon Sue. She is under your spell. Now do as I have instructed. And at Namor's command, the amazing creature forms a huge air bubble around the docile figure of Sue Storm, and then... Into the sea with her! And so, having blindly followed her heart, the invisible girl has unwittingly set the stage for one of the Fantastic Four's most dangerous adventures, and a grinning figure gloats over his success. And now it is time for step two of my plan. The puppet master is in his hideout, making new effigies. My revenge will be much sweeter if I do not use the Fantastic Four, but leave them free while the Submariner under my controls defeats them. Meanwhile, back at their skyscraper headquarters, the Fantastic Four are still unaware of the dire danger which awaits them. Hey, how much longer do I have to hold this? Feels like it weighs ten tons. It does. I'm testing the exact limits of your strength once and for all. Well, tell that blazing brat to stop flying around here or I'm gonna... Hey, who's that over there? It's Submariner! Out of my way! I'm way ahead of you, pal. Hey, what gives? My fireball went right through him. Oh, yeah? Well, my fist won't... Well, there's nothing there. Just a ghost or something. There's more to this than meets the eye. That's not Namor at all, but a mental projection of him. Remember, that's one of his powers. And I have come to tell you, I have Sue Storm as my prisoner. I defy you to invade my undersea's realm in an attempt to rescue him. Or if you do, I shall destroy you all. Farewell! What are you doing with my sister? He's gone. And we're going after him. We'll rip up half the ocean if we have to, but we'll get Sue back. And, in a Navy surplus, one-man submarine... I have done it. I have assembled my little cast of characters, and the stage is now set. Let the curtain up, and the action begin. Even though none of my actors know that I, the puppet master, am directing from behind the scenes, I shall witness the final demise of my arch-enemies at the hands of my powerful pawn, the Submariner. Reed, Ben, and Johnny are aboard the Fantastic Car, heading into the most complex problem of their careers. Just in case we don't return, we'd better leave the keys to our secret files with the commissioner. Are you kidding? What chance does that animated sod Dean have against us? Reed's right, Gruesome. 
All right, then while you campfire boys are doing your good deed, I'm going to say goodbye to Alicia. Meet us at our private pier in half an hour. See you later, Romeo. You lousy squirt. I just don't want her worrying about where I am. Here's a good place to leave this flying hot rod. Oh, what's this? Hey, you can't park that thing here. This lot is for parking cars, not flying saucers. Where you been, old man? Ain't you never seen a car with wings before? Well, there's nothing in the rule book about cars with wings. Just to play it safe, I better charge you double rates in advance. What? Double? Yeah. Here's your dough, Smiley. Go split it with your partner, Jesse James. And a few minutes later, at Alicia's apartment... Oh, Ben, I'm frightened. The Submariner is so powerful, so unpredictable. He will be facing him where he is the strongest in his own domain. Well, you know, Reed, Johnny, and yours truly ain't exactly babes in arms. But, Ben, if anything should happen to you, I don't know what I'd do. You mean so much to me, and I'd be alone with no one to look after. Me. Uh, no. Okay, Alicia, honey. I'll take you with us, huh? Whatever happens, we'll be together. And so, at the appointed time, in the appointed place... Hi, Ben. Hello, Alicia. I kind of thought Ben would bring you along. Welcome aboard. What? I was all set for a knockdown hassle about why she can't come with us. Hey... What's this thing? Admiral Sawyer was good enough to loan us this experimental bathysphere. No questions asked. Let's all get aboard so we can get started. Lots of work ahead. Now watch your step, Alicia. And as the undersea quest for Submariner begins... Tell me, how are we going to find Fishman anyway? This is a pretty big ditch. I suspect that he inhabits the very deepest regions of the sea, such as the area we're in now. Be on your guard. He could be observing us this minute. Yeah. Let him observe all he wants. When we find him... I'm going to mop up the ocean floor with him. Why do you all hate him so? But before Alicia's question can be answered... Look at that. We're being attacked by some kind of undersea porcupine. Those quills can't hurt us, but this must only be the beginning of it. Wait, the ship is starting to spin. We're being swept up in an oceanic tornado. If this keeps up, this bathysphere will be pulled apart. Open the escape hatch, Reed. My flame can help. Good idea, Johnny. What? Don't let him read. He'll drown out there. Don't worry, Thing. By making my flame white hot, I can temporarily turn the water into steam and dispel the spinning currents while my flame lasts. Flame on. There. I did it. The tornado's dissipating, but so is my flame. And I can't hold my breath much longer. The water pressure will crush me. But a strong, supple arm stretches out, and Mr. Fantastic grabs the helpless lad and pulls him into the safety of the bathysphere's interior. You'll be okay after a little rest. Sure, as long as Submariner ain't got some other little cute tricks up his sleeve. So, they've escaped my first traps. Now the battle begins in earnest. Yes, my unsuspecting victims. Come closer. Just a little closer. Ah, they are trapped by my ally, the giant scavenger crab. And then, it could be minutes or hours later, Reed, Ben, Johnny, and Alicia find themselves in Prince Namor's giant undersea living quarters. You wonder how you came to be here. The scavenger crab. Gives off a vapor which puts you to sleep. Now you are here, and my prisoners. 
Don't bet on it, Namor. Only time will tell whether you've captured us or we have you. Bah! You do not impress me. Now see the one you so foolishly came to rescue. There. She is confined in an air-filled sphere inside my largest and most prized aquarium. Guarded by the mightiest octopus in all the seven seas. Hey! The octopus is trying to get her. If any harm comes to my sister... Easy, Johnny. There's something strange going on. Submariner loves Sue. He wouldn't... Let's take him. I will butter each of you, but one at a time, as is the custom of my people. Who will be first? I will, you fishy creep. Flame on! I am prepared for you, Torch. There is an undersea creature which devours any kind of heat, and this is it. I shall defeat your brain finally with this heat eater. Oh. I'm getting weak. Mm, it's working. The creature absorbs your heat like a sponge takes up water. Oh, no. I'm going to fall. The human torch. Ah, oh, look at yourself. All that remains is for me to finish you with my bare hands. Oh, no, you don't. Oh. Face. Oh. That brave little kid is worth a dozen double crosses like you. Prince Neymar is not a puny, surface person that cringes at the sound of your voice. Hey, you slippery eel, come back here and fight. I'll fight you, ugly one. Never fear, but on my terms. Here, a small token of my it's razor sharp. My dagger needle coral is not to your liking. Perhaps this deep sea fungus will suit you better. Come over here and fight you, wimp. Hey, what's this? Ah, didn't I tell you that one piece of fungus grows and spreads out over any living thing it touches? Soon it will engulf your entire body as it grows harder and harder. I have beaten you. You are trapped in a living prison from which there is no escape. Did anyone ever tell you you talk too much? Good work, big fella. I'll go after him while you rescue Susan. Right. You stay here with you, honey, and I'll bring you back some octopus pie. Be careful, Ben. You fought the others to a standstill by resorting to outside powers. But now it's just you and me, Namor, one-on-one. The others make the most noise, but they have always sensed that you are their superior. Now you shall see the submariner is by far your superior. Then shattered your living prison, and you cannot escape from this human prison composed of my stretched arms. Sooner or later, you have to release the tension. And when you do... Meanwhile... Ben is about to come to grips with Namor's mighty octopus threatening Sue's air-filled sphere. Don't worry, Sue. Look at the size of that blob. I can just get his attention. And get his attention he does. The giant eight-armed guard now gropes for the form of the thing. But it is the thing who takes hold of the creature. Okay, Octo. You're going for a free ride. Then, as the mindless monster goes hurtling to the top of Namor's enormous Sanctum Sanctorum, Ben rushes to Sue's chamber and pulls her to safety. Brave kid. Not a peep out of her. But another pair of eyes are focused on this tense scene. Bah! The Fantastic Four are more powerful than I thought. Even in his own undersea lair, Submariner may be beaten by the accursed four. 
I can no longer let events take their natural course. Now that the girl is free, Mr. Fantastic has released Namor. The Submariner has not yet attempted to kill them, only defeat them. So long as I hold your effigy, Prince Namor, you must do my bidding. You are to slay the Fantastic Four, just as I have toppled their puppet images. And what comes of this toppling of the Fantastic Four's effigies by the Puppet Master in the Submariner's lair? Namor, let's stop this struggle. Why have you turned against Sue? Stay back. I must slay you. All of you. Now. I have no choice. Ben, dear, although I cannot see, I sense another sinister presence here. Like the presence of my stepfather. The puppet master? That would explain it. But how? He's dead, eh? This brunt is my ultimate weapon. Who are you trying to kid? Looks like captives. This releases a gas that no surface human can tolerate. Release the fumes. I command you. I must release these fumes. They are your enemies. You are my enemies. I must kill you. You are under my power. You must do my bidding. It is you or me. I must destroy you. All of you, stay behind me. I ain't so easy to kill, and I'll give you some time. That's a thing. You keep him busy while I take some preventative measures. No! Come, kill! Intend to release the fumes. What's controlling me? And as the vapors clear... You are still alive. But no one can survive exposure to those gases. Not even you. You think we'd be unprepared for such a threat as that? These flexogen packets were great. Here, Alicia, I'll help you with yours. Now, Namor, for the final reckoning. It's clobbering time! Flame on. I want him first. Wait, listen to me. He doesn't know what he's doing. What, Alicia? Alicia's right. He's under some sort of evil influence. Stand aside, woman. They do not frighten the Prince Namor. But unknown to all, the giant octopus, which the thing hurled from Namor's aquarium in the last episode, has crashed through the outer plexiglass skin of Namor's haven. Once more free to ravage the ocean's depths, the mindless monster seeks and finds a new victim. What's that up ahead? The giant octopus. It's coming toward me. Too late to change course. I'll construct a special energy. He's coming closer. But no one shall defeat the puppet master. Just another but second But you cannot two. control the mind oh, of a mindless creature. He's going to crush the ship. And in the same instant, Submariner recoils as if his mind has received some violent shock. happened to Namor. No time for that now, Sue. This whole place is filling up with water. Oh, Ben. It's okay, honey. We'll get out of this. What's happening here? How dare you invade my private sanctum? Explain yourself. What? He's either acting or he really was under some kind of spell. Sue, did you come to me at rest? No, Namor. Much as you fascinate me, my loyalties are still with Reed. As for my heart, perhaps someday it will be able to make its final choice. But not as yet. Then enough. 
I do not beg. I have a mission to complete. Sooner or later, I will locate the lost race of submariners. And when I do, we shall see to whom this planet really belongs. Now be gone and take this girl with you, Reed Richards. And hold her if you can. But heed my words, never shall she forget Prince Nemo. Let's get out of here before Fishman starts reciting Hamlet. Goodbye, Nemo. I hope that someday you'll lose the bitterness in your heart and become our friend. It is too mild a word for Submariner. Very well. For now. I wonder, the puppet master controlling the Submariner? I've never felt a presence like that, except when around my stepfather. Don't worry, Alicia, honey. You're safe with me around. Strange. I cannot remember what brought him here, and yet I feel as though a terrible weight has been lifted from me. This is the last episode in the present cycle of the Marvel Comics radio series. The entire project has been an incredible experience for all of us. The scripts for the next 13 weeks are already being written, so we'll be back soon with more adventures from the mighty land of Marvel. Some of the people that made this series what it is are Richie Becker, Bob Michelson, Ken Landis, Don Bird, Roy Schmecka, Cynthia Height, Mouse, Carrot, Pencil, Duck, and most of all, you. Thank you. As always, the fantastic cast is... Cynthia Adler. Bob Maxwell. Phil Murray. Jim Pappas. Gary Gerheiden. Narration by Smile and Stan Lee. Special sounds created by P. Craig Turner. Any resemblance between characters created in these radio programs and real persons living or dead is purely coincidental.